This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And Melissa, we have an exciting show today. We have our good friend, friend of the show, Bronwyn Scrivens from Edmonton at Omatic Commercial there, breaking down the industrial market for us. We had her on about a year ago to give us an introductory to it. We wanted to do a follow-up to see how it is. And we learned a lot of stuff today. Really different than Vancouver. That's very sure. different than Vancouver. But nevertheless, a strong market that's going. Vacancy rates are down, lease rates are up, land prices are up, not to the effect we've seen over here, but going in the right direction. And, and she comments there a little bit how Edmonton was had a, a long drought there that they're kind of coming out of. But there, you know, things aren't when you look at the overall pricing from a lease rate over here versus land price, I mean, they're not terribly too far off. Like acres might be, you know, between five and six, seven hundred thousand. But they're getting like, you know, 10, 11 bucks a foot versus over here, you might be paying millions and millions and millions for acreage and you're getting like 18 bucks a foot. So it, it doesn't maybe, it's not as bad as it may sound when people think, but it's uh, also, it's, it's, it's game day at Edmonton today. The Oilers are taking on the Knights. And uh, we also learned on the show today, her, bro- her brother, Ben Scrivens, ex-NHL goalie. Yeah. 10, 10 years in the system. I know. It's, yeah, now now he's living life, working five jobs, one hour per day. The luxury <laughs> of a retired NHL person. But uh, before we start every every show, we and you always go back and forth about you know what are we going to talk about the intro, what are we going to talk about the outro. So I I've got some very exciting news, Let's very exciting it. news that I want to share. I'm I'm um, a little bit weary when you say you get too excited. Though. Yes, yes, no, no, no. I don't have backstage passes for Nickelback for you. Okay, but what is uh, a great listener of the show, like a P one listener, like one of our first listeners from day one, was a gentleman named Jonathan Ma, who Rod mentioned last time on the show. I've had the pleasure of meeting Jonathan, and we've actually sold him some property, and we've worked with his family. He sent me what completely changed my day, and probably my life for that matter, a text the other day. My Peloton pedal might not be my fault. <laughs> They're recalling 2.2 million Pelotons. Really? That are defect. And I might not be getting as fat as I think. Wow. It might be a defective pedal and not my midsection. I mean, he sounds like he might just be a good fan trying to make you feel better, but. <laughs> it's working. It's you know working. What? Yep. Whatever works. Where are you, Corey? It's, it's working. So, yeah. So, Peloton announced they're recalling like 2.2 million bikes. I'm literally going to go home and I'm going to inspect my bike to see if I can get a new one. Yeah. Because my left pedal is wobbling again. And uh, for all those listeners that listened, I, I had a head over heel experience on a stationary bike because I broke my pedal on the, on the Peloton, which might not be my fault. And this whole time I thought I was just getting fat. <laughs> well, good news. That's good. Yeah. Great news. Great news. Made my day. But without further ado, let's get to this great interview today with right. Bronwyn Scrivens, uh, Omatic Commercial out in Edmonton. Good conversation. Enjoy, let's guys. Go. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. 
Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right, so we're here today again with Bronwyn Scrivens, Associate Broker, Industrial over at Omata Commercial from Edmonton. Bronwyn, thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. And for, for those listeners who who may remember, we had you on the podcast about probably give or take a year ago when we were kind of doing our tour of Alberta over there. We thought we'd reach back out and check in, but uh, but we do really appreciate taking the time today because we found out today is game day for the Oilers over there in the playoffs. That's right. Now, we don't know what the playoffs are over here in Vancouver. Can you maybe tell us a little bit how that experience works? Because we're not really sure. We're usually on the golf course by now. Yeah, no. I mean, I like I said, I, I totally get it. This was uh, That was Edmonton for many, many, many years. Most of my adult life, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but since we got McDavid and Drysdale and all those uh, amazing players, yeah, it's been a lot a lot you, more enjoyable. Are you, referring to, are you referring to when the NHL rigged? The, uh, the entry draft there that you guys got, like, what, four or five in a row? I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I can't comment on that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think I think selfishly out here, because we don't know what the playoffs are, we're rooting for McJesus to win the cup this year. He deserves it. McDavid, Melissa's looking at me kind of puzzled. Who's McJesus? I don't know who any of these people are. McJesus is, is Connor McDavid, who's like the messiah of hockey. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think it'd be good to see him win, because you'd hate to think a guy like him and Drysdale... Dry, no, Dries, Drysdale? Drysdale. Dry Drysdale, sorry. Yeah. Are such great players year in and year out. Probably arguably probably the yeah. best one, two players in the league. They'll get measured by how many cups they win or they don't win. So for their sake, we yeah. hope we win so they can justify their legacy there. But Bronwyn, more importantly, can you tell our listeners more about yourself there for those who didn't listen to the first episode? Yeah, so just a quick overview. I'm an industrial real estate agent in Edmonton. I work at an independent brokerage firm out here uh, with my partner, Kent Simpson. We basically specialize predominantly kind of in the owner-user asset class, but obviously can do everything in our market. Our market's a little different than Vancouver, where you don't have to like over-specialize. Yep. We're not over-brokered, so we can kind of do leasing and sales, distribution, manufacturing, you name it. So yeah, it's great, and our market has uh, finally come out of out of the, the long dip that it was in through 2015 to 2020. <laughs> um, so it's actually been a really a really fun market to operate in over the last few years. Having said that, it's still a healthy market, so that also makes it enjoyable because there's options for both landlord and tenant, or buyer and seller. Well, that's great to hear, and that's why we wanted to have you back. We had you on originally, like I said, about a year ago. And we were kind of industrial markets over here in Vancouver have been the McJesus of the commercial real estate world, where they <laughs> just went on this tremendous run and they're still on a great run. But we also like playing games like, what does this cost in your city? Because over here, sometimes it just seems outrageous. But we are seeing, and maybe you can confirm this, we hear quite a bit about like the halo effect kicking in, where our land prices are so expensive, our lease rates are so expensive, that now places like Alberta, especially Edmonton, or maybe even, even Calgary, on the outskirts, maybe in the Balzac area, 
are now on the radar for similar type tenants that would occupy large industrial spaces over here purely based on cost. Are you experiencing that there where you're having a lot of people potentially that would be maybe tenants in Vancouver area that are just getting priced out and are building large facilities and occupying large facilities now in your neck of the woods? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we kind of touched on this last year. The trend has just only continued over the last 12 months since we spoke. Ultimately, as you said, the pricing is just out. It's so exorbitant in Vancouver and in the greater Vancouver market. And these tenants do just require space. And when you're looking for the scale of spaces that tenants require now, which is, you know, 10, 20 years ago, a 100,000 feet or 200,000 foot building would be a very large building. Now, tenants are going into 500,000, a million square feet. Like they're, they're absolute bombers. And it's just not feasible in the lower mainland. Whereas we have lots and lots of land in Alberta. So the biggest challenge is just getting the land, all the kind of deep services, all the servicing that needs to happen, subdivision, all that fun stuff that happens to actually get land ready. But the good thing is that the counties are proactive, the land developers are proactive out here because they, they're reading this trend and uh, and getting land ready to go so that when these groups come looking and need a big space, they can get something done relatively quickly, which kind of segues into the permitting timelines. Like This is also a major component is that, yes, we have land. Yes, it's cheaper. Construction costs are construction costs. I'm sure they're, they're you know, not so different between markets. I saw a chart recently that alluded to um, Edmonton and Calgary are pretty comparable, being around six months for permits. Within, I think, Burnaby and and Vancouver, it was like 15 to 20 months. And then Toronto, which is even crazier, was 32 months for a permit, which is insane when you even compare that to, you know, the residential backlogs, (laughs) you know, the development backlogs that are happening in those major cities where they need the development the most and permits are taking that long. That's a big problem. So even just to not have to deal with the bureaucracy, that's another reason Another reason these tenants are coming to, to Alberta. And getting into these great spaces, I think we touched on it a bit last year, but land prices in Alberta, the periphery, kind of like in the Balzac area, then it's Miskew, Atchison. You're able to buy land kind of in the, let's say, 550 to $750,000. Per acre, 550,000 to 750,000 per acre range, whereas I understand in Vancouver it's multiple millions of dollars. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like 173 million an acre now. It seems like it's just it's just outrageous. <laughs> the pricing is and that's that's what you it can is. find it. Right? And that, that's the problem, right? So you know, maybe as a comparison there, can we maybe talk about lease rates? Like over here in like the Vancouver, greater Vancouver market, you'll see things like probably 1460 on the low end and you'll see things as high as 25 and those numbers will kind of carry over to the Vancouver Island market as well. What do you guys see in Edmonton? Maybe we go through a class A and a class B industrial unit. What what type of lease rates would I see? Yeah, so class A buildings or market average in Edmonton is around 1050. Calgary's actually just surpassed us. They're around 1080. <laughs> Huge difference. The markets themselves are are quite like have a lot more similarities and differences I would say. The difference and the reason that I guess what some tenants are looking at is that we have the product that was developed like pre-COVID and then we have the product that was being developed now. And obviously, there's a construction component that is factored into the new stuff, right? It just costs way, way more money. The interest rates are higher. The inflation rates have gone up. Labor costs. Everything is just more money. So if you're looking at a brand new building today, I don't think you can get a space less than kind of $11-ish per square foot. Um, if you're looking at a class A type of building, 
Whereas if you're looking at product that was developed, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, you can probably get something starting in the high single digits. I can imagine that when you hear this, you're like, it's all low. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's, nine or ten, nine or eleven, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we we were there, like, and and like I said, you go back like ten years out here, like tens were paying. Like I remember probably ten or twelve years ago doing lease deals where like the base rent was somewhat comparable to the op costs of the building. They right. were so cheap. Wow. Those numbers you're quoting now. What did those numbers look like five years ago and maybe 10 years ago? Were they were they like four or five bucks then and they've doubled over that time period or are they relatively similar to what they are today? So they were lower, especially five years ago, kind of and, and from 2015 to 2020 when, again, we are in oil and gas province. It's no secret. Having said that, I can segue and say that we are one of the leaders in the diversification of energy as well right now. And it's a huge hub for hydrogen development, natural gas, like just a bunch of, of components of the uh, diversification metric for renewable energy. But I'll segue back to oil and gas. We ebb and flow as oil prices ebb and flow. So when the oil prices tanked in 2015, our lease rates all kind of dropped across the spectrum in Alberta. So um, you could get, you know, these larger spaces, these class A or class B buildings, just purely because the demand went down in the, I don't know, 750 to 850 per square foot, depending on the size, the tenant, all that good stuff. Um, now it's in the obviously kind of double digit range. It's not huge. It's not like a major, major increase like you've seen in Vancouver and, uh, and other markets, but it's purely because we have so much more land. So it's never going to see those major jumps like you guys are seeing because we can just develop more properties. So now in the in the industrial sector there, what type of tenants are, are maybe putting their stamp on it? Are you guys getting large fulfillment centers from Mr. Bezos over there? Like like who is driving the industrial markets in the, the greater Edmonton area? Yeah, we definitely are getting uh, distribution centers and fulfillment centers from the large players. We've had groups, you know, the tire groups, the consumer goods groups. We had two deals last year that were over 500,000 square feet, which is kind of wow. records for for the Edmonton market anyway, one was with a logistics company, a local logistics company, and one was with like Brick Leon, which is furniture company. So it's kind of a wide array of groups, but we are starting to see those large footprint distribution centers. And I would say, if you look at the growth in the industrial market, the actual inventory in both cities, the majority of the growth has been in warehousing and distribution square footage. Having said that, we still have a very large manufacturing base in the Edmonton region in particular. A lot of that, again, relates to the manufacture, sorry, to the energy markets and, and our resource development and all of that GDP producing revenue. But those tend to be smaller footprint buildings with large yard components as opposed to the big DCs that you'll see coming in for the distribution side of things. Now, we know Edmonton is your specialty, but from a from a tenant profile, how does the Edmonton industrial tenant compare to, say, the Calgary industrial tenant? Yeah, no, it, and it is a little bit different. Like, it's, it's funny, I always kind of get asked, what is the difference between Edmonton and Calgary? Like, how can Edmonton differentiate? How can Calgary, or how can we, you know, capitalize on some of the, because um, Calgary has just been, just across time, a stronger market. It's further south, it's better located towards, you know, United States, Vancouver, um, it has obviously the geographic landscape and desirability for people to come and move to that city, being within an hour's drive of the Rocky Mountains. But it's hard to, it's more, like I said before, more at the same than they are different. Um, but 
having said that, Calgary does tend to have more of that distribution user in their industrial sphere. They, they tend to have more of the like transportation, distribution, warehousing. Again, because they can get to Vancouver within a day's drive, they can get to Salt Lake City within a day's drive. Edmonton has tended to have more of the manufacturing service side of operators in the industrial sphere. Again, that was traditionally to cater to Northern Alberta, Fort McMurray, Grand Prairie, Lloydminster, all the kind of energy markets up north and then going into Northern British Columbia as well. I would say that generally speaking, our buildings are more designed for that in Edmonton, especially if you look at some of our periphery markets, notwithstanding the new product that's being developed, but the older product, it's, you know, heavy power, cranes, large yards, you know, that was kind of the features that people were looking for to build their equipment or whatever. We like to kind of say Edmonton's more like the working class, whereas Calgary's more like the professional class. Edmonton was always more of like the blue collar versus the white collar of Calgary. Again, it's changing a little bit and they are kind of, I'm finding that more people are wanting to almost advocate for Alberta as a province, not Edmonton versus Calgary so much, but how can we create a mechanism for people, you know, around the world to see Alberta as a place where they can locate their business for all these, you know, benefits and reasons? Because trying to compete with each other, it just makes us look like tertiary markets on the global scale. Whereas if we kind of combine and become like the Alberta market where we have, you know, great jobs, skilled labor, affordable housing, blah, blah, blah. That is a more compelling story to different markets. And especially when you look, like I don't know if you talk much with individuals that operate throughout the United States, they really don't know where any anywhere is in Canada. Um, and so I don't think they know able- where Canada is. <laughs> right. So you have to kind of make it as, as binary as possible. So it's like Alberta is this. This is why you should locate your business here. And this is these are the benefits of our province, because they're really not that different between Calgary and Edmonton. Calgary's just doing that because you guys got McDavid now. They want to just try to, try to blend it as, as Alberta now. And then once they get the generational player, they'll go back to being Calgary again. Yeah. And maybe Edmonton's doing it too because we just want to kind of um, be like, no, we're not that far. That, we're not that much farther than Calgary. Like, just come here too. It's all good. It's the same. It's all the same, right? But yeah, no, typically, so Alberta, Alberta, Calgary was more distribution-based. Edmonton was more, more manufacturing-based. Now, one thing that we've had a major run over here, both on the, the owner-occupier, but also the investment market, are strata units. And those took off probably give or take 10 years ago uh, because mainly they were were the largest percentage of owner occupiers found in that asset class. But also they were like more cheaper on a price per foot basis. I remember seeing things probably 10 years ago where they were like $295 a foot. And now we see things at like $775 a foot, $800 a foot in some markets. And a lot of that was driven by owner occupiers, but also investors getting in. If I'm looking to invest, say, in Edmonton, and I was looking for a 1,500 or 2,500 square foot concrete tilt up with grade level loading door, how much am I paying per foot to get that, whether I'm owner occupier or an investor? So the interesting thing about the strata market in Edmonton is it's it's not very big or in Calgary. It's better in Calgary because they have more demand and more, I think it's stronger in Calgary because there's more groups from Vancouver looking at the Calgary market than the Edmonton market and they're comfortable with strata and they understand it and it's a way to get into the market. Generally speaking, the strata market or the condo market doesn't work as well in Alberta as a whole because we have more land. So if you're an owner user, if you're an occupier and you can buy you know, a small building with a bit of yard or a small building. It's like, it's the difference between buying like a a triplex versus a house, right? 
they can get houses here. So why would they want to buy a triplex unless they actually can't afford a house? Um, so really, we're seeing people in the condo market in that range that you discussed, like the 1500 to 2000 or yeah, like the smaller kind of unit where it's not necessarily going to be a freestanding building. And it would be, I don't know, for a brand new product, you're probably looking in the kind of low 200 to 25 to 235 per square foot. Wow. But I don't know that the demand is as high. Having said that, as an investor, our market for leasing on that kind of smaller product, we're very, very entrepreneurial province. A lot of new businesses started here, a lot of skilled trades, a lot of education. A lot of people wanted to start their own business. So those small bays can be leased to small tenants or startup tenants that are, you know, your electrician, your plumber, your welder, whatever you want to call it. And you're likely going to find someone that will utilize that size of space kind of across the board. So yeah, it, it can be a good investment, but I guess just, I don't know if the lease rates would justify the cost, I guess. Better than Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, no, anything anything is better than over here. It just it seems like something when you think it's it's gonna stop, it plateaus and then yeah. continues to go up. And you nailed that you, you hit the nail right on the head. Our challenge versus your challenge is our challenge is we don't have enough land. And yeah, because we have record setting immigration numbers coming in year over year, it feels like you mean yeah. when they new OCPs come out, they look at like a, a one acre site that has a three thousand square foot building and a bunch of trucks that employs one person. And they're like, oh, well, we could take that area and put 300 houses there. So we're not yeah. only are we losing the land that's currently used for industrial, but then we're landlocked in every major market. So it's not like we can just move the city limits to create more. We've got yeah. water. We've got mountains. We've got ALR land. Like we just get stuck and pinched and, you know, vertical is the only thing that can really probably make any sense moving forward for industrial over here. And we're starting to see a little bit of that now, but yeah. it's just, it's, it's, we're, we're stuck across the board. Yeah, your market is definitely the most compelling case for vertical warehousing. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I mean, there's, right? Like, it, you have to. At this, at this point, the demand is still there. It's just that, what do you do? If there's no supply, you, you have to kind of retrofit at that or think, I guess, more creatively. Whereas, I don't see us ever running out of land. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have so much land that, like, that we have such a strong owner-user market that kind of goes back to that entrepreneurial comment I made and, like, that's probably our lo- our largest group of buyers in the Alberta market is the owner user that wants to buy their own building. And what they're generally looking for is like a freestanding building with a bit of yard to park their trucks or their equipment or whatever, but they can find that and they can usually buy it. Like Calgary and Edmonton, I will say the prices have gone up on that product predominantly because even with the interest rates going up, you know, four and a quarter percent, there's still demand for that product because they can write a lease to themselves and they can kind of make it work on the accounting side. But also to build that building today is, you know, 250 a foot or 235, whatever it is, 275. Depends what they want to build, I guess. So it's pushing the, the prices up for the existing product for those owner users, but they're still they're still buying it. So like in Edmonton and Calgary, like you're looking in that kind of 200 per square foot range generally for like a decent owner user building with some yard, yeah. likely higher. Many are happening north of 300 per square foot. Those are generally if there's a larger yard component. But I'm talking like, you know, instead of two acres, it's four acres. <laughs> but either way, there's there's um, lots of options here. And there's lots of, yeah, I guess options is the right word, where if you are wanting to buy a building, it might not be perfect, but there is something you could buy or there's three options you could buy that might fit the bill. So, so I, I call you up and I've got a million dollars. Maybe I've got $2 million. And I call you up and I say, Bronwyn, I, I want to make an investment in the Edmonton market. I want to make an investment in the industrial sector. I have a budget between one and two million or whatever you think is best. I'll make it work. 
what are you selling me and why? So are you a business or are you an investor? I'm an investor. I'm sitting on this side of the Rocky Mountains and I just look at our numbers over here <laughs> and I just can't make sense of our negative five cap rates we have on some properties. I'm calling you over there in Edmonton and I'm saying I got 1 million, I got 2 million, I got 5 million. What is the best investment you can bring me into and why are you bring me into that? So like every market right now, industrial is kind of reigning supreme. Multifamily is also very predominant in our market as well, more so in Calgary. Uh, we had, you know, I think net inbound migration of like 160,000 people last year, which is huge. Um, granted, our country brought in a million, million people. That's so, the David but, effect over there. Yeah, totally. But Alberta has the largest migration inbound. So it's, it's definitely impacting multifamily um, and industrial because industrial is distributes goods, provides work, manufactures, services, all that good stuff. So if you're buying in our market, for sure, if you can find yourself an investment property, there are still investment properties out there that are like multi-tenant, you know, four babe shop with, uh, you know, 3,000 foot bays or whatever, something like that. They're harder to find. They're often owned by, uh, if they're not an institutional ownership group, they will be owned by someone that's owned it for 20 years or 30 years and kind of move their tenants along. But you can still get those. I will say that the prices, the asking prices, at least the stuff that's hitting the market, is much higher now because there are so many groups looking in our market from other markets. You used to be able to get that type of product kind of in the, I don't know, 150 square foot, 130 to 150. And again, that would be, if you were to buy a portfolio in Alberta, say like multiple industrial properties and it's institutional to institutional or reach to reach, you can probably still get that type of product, that class B and C product in the kind of 130 to 150 per square foot range. Um, but if you're just buying a single one-off, those prices that are, those asking prices are around 200-ish per square foot. And the reason it might make sense though, is that over the last, you know, 24 months, um, while the interest rate, or I guess 12 months, while the interest rates have been going up, it's obviously been elevating or increasing the cap rates that people are expecting on, on investment transactions. But concurrently, Edmonton has been able to kind of match those escalations or at least somewhat be aligned with them in our ability to increase rental rates and backfill any vacancies that were still in the market. So our vacancy rate was, I think last year we spoke at this time, it was around five five-ish percent. Now we're down to around 3%. So it has come down quite substantially. So that's good. That means that you're able to obviously get better, better NOI numbers, uh, which kind of counteracts the increase, increase in the cap rates. Still good overall and still opportunities overall. The hardest part right now is just trying to find things because there are a lot more eyes looking at Alberta to place their capital. So I guess as a final question here, Brian, we're going to ask you to take out your crystal ball. And like I said, we hold you to everything you say on this podcast here. So where does the Edmonton industrial market continue to go? Has it had a good run in plateau or are we still at the infancy of where it potentially could go as, as you know, our prices over here just skyrocket and the Alberta economy continues to trend upwards? Yeah, like I don't see any stopping or slowing down the momentum in Alberta. Like I, I can't foresee what would slow it down and actually why it wouldn't keep expanding and increasing. Like I was looking at the average house prices, Calgary, our average house price is like 550. Edmonton, the average house price is like 400,000, 500 for detached and Edmonton, 730 for detached in Calgary. So these are like homes with a yard <laughs> that someone can come and buy today. And these are going up because there are 
more people moving into our market, which is great because that means that we have more skilled labor, we have more people to backfill jobs, and jobs is a big component of all these businesses. And a lot of businesses are struggling to find skilled labor or even just labor for warehousing. Um, so having all these people coming to our province means that if you're a business owner, you're going to say, well, I need to locate my business where I can find staff, where my staff can afford a good quality of life and afford to live, where a lot, where I can get permits done, where I don't stand out the wazoo on land and, and, and development. So a lot of these things are aligning. And, and Edmonton and, and Calgary, really the province as a whole, are just like a beacon for a lot of groups that are looking for, for an opportunity. And of course, the markets in you know, Vancouver and Toronto are going to continue to, to succeed and do well because there's always going to be demand there because, and, and you have a lack of supply. But I think Edmonton and Calgary are just going to keep, keep going. And again, we, we're investing in our, um, our industries. We're investing in, you know, trying to be leaders in, in diversification of renewable energies and not just be viewed as an oil and gas province. We're just trying to like really kind of push the limits of what the province can do. And I think it's starting to get some recognition, not just across Canada, but even like, well, I guess across North America as a place that's, you know, open for business, if, if that makes sense. Like, come come work with us. We'll, we'll get it done. So, Rowan, before we let you go here, like we did last time, we have our, our light six pack of questions we ask all of our guests here before we let you go. Do you have a few more minutes to hang out with us? I know it's game day. We'll get you out of here in no time. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I got to go get my jersey on. I got to paint my face. So I need to go. (laughs) So this is what the playoffs are all about. I watched the thing this morning about like Brock Baster on the golf course. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Melissa's is going to kick us off here with our first question. All right. First question, favorite bar or restaurant? My favorite bar or restaurant? Um, well, I'm in Edmonton and, and we love to frequent, uh, we've got a restaurant in Edmonton called Bianco. It's like an amazing little Italian restaurant in our building and I, I'll, I'll give them a shout out. So it's great. If you're ever, if you're ever in Edmonton, I'll take you there. That sounds good. Uh, so we, we, we've changed up our questions last time and I'm going to ask you here, which I think is a dead giveaway, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, your prediction for who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? <laughs> I mean... Obviously the Oilers, but it's it's a roller coaster out there. Like I'm loving seeing Florida be the come behind horse and just like wreak havoc in Toronto. I I think a Toronto Edmonton finale would be pretty epic. I'm sure the NHL would be so mad about that no because they wouldn't have the American dollars. But uh, how how cool would that be if it was Edmonton Toronto finale? Obviously Edmonton taking them. And, and speaking of the NHL, Bronwyn, uh, the last name Scrivens, uh, I, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't heard it very often, but there was an ex-NHL goalie with the same last name. Is there any relation? Yeah, that's my brother, Ben. Uh, he learned his hockey skills from me. Oh, so I will wow. take that credit. I'm just kidding. And, and, He's a goalie. <laughs> and, and, and Ben, how many, how many years was he in the NHL for and who do you play for for our listeners? Ben was in the NHL for, I believe, about 10 years, or at least in the program, uh, sometimes up and down between uh, AHL and NHL. And he played for Toronto, Maple Leafs, the LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers, and Montreal Canadiens. Wow. 
Wow, good for him. And, and what and what what is he up to now? Is he is he is he your assistant yeah. selling all the industrial now? He doesn't work hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's in that NHL lifestyle. He's yeah, a retiree. The luxury, the luxury those guys yeah. have. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's busy uh, in Edmonton. He's involved in a number of things. He got his master's in uh, in social work, actually, after wow, he finished. Good for him. He, went to the, he went to the Olympics in Korea wow. and then retired after that and then got his master's. And so he was doing some mental health programming with the NHL. He's coach for junior hockey team, a goalie coach for junior hockey team in Alberta. A coach, with, a coach with a high school hockey program in, in Edmonton, and then involved also with the Edmonton Alumni Network on a number of their programming. Wow, so he's doing nothing then is what you're saying. He's doing, like I, I, he's he does five jobs. About six, <laughs> yeah, six, five or six jobs that are about an hour to two each a week. So right. still well below the average <laughs> workable okay. hours of everyone else. <laughs> that, that's the luxury you have when you play a decade in the NHL on an NHL salary. Right. You get a little bit of freedom after the fact there. So good for him. Next question up, Melissa. All right. What's your book recommendation that our listeners should read? Oh, um, oh, that's tough. I My book that I just kind of have been reading as a broker has been um, Fanatical Prospecting. And this is probably good for anyone in sales, but it's basically just about how to kind of get out, build your book of business and... Um, Provide value ultimately. Like, don't be the, don't be the person that's just like calling everyone and, and trying to ask your business. Like, it's all about like how can we provide value. And I think no matter what industry you're in, that that is the most important thing. Good book. Next question up. Post COVID, is the work attire business professional, business casual, or Lululemon? What are you wearing when you have to go to the <laughs> office for the day? I would say I am between business casual and business professional. I'm definitely not wearing Lululemon to the office. But I will say that as an industrial broker, oftentimes, if I roll up to um, a site visit in a full three-piece suit, it's not quite what they're expecting. (laughs) Like it's better to go in a pair of jeans and like a nice, a nice blazer or like a nice shirt or something like that to an industrial site visit than to be fully buttoned up. But if I'm on a panel, then I'll, then I'll, I'll go all the way. (laughs) Formal. Good answer. All right. Next question. You're on death row. What's your last meal? Probably Alberta beef, steak and potatoes. Mm -hmm. I would want a nice like filet mignon with, you know, blue cheese crust, (laughs) mashed potatoes, you know, like a good hearty meal. (laughs) Not that we want you to die, but I think we're all going to come join you for that meal. It sounds so delicious. Yeah. Yeah, no, you gotta go. You gotta go with the steak. <laughs> All right, last one up, and this one comes. We, I get, I get, I get emails from listeners from time to time saying that our six pack just never changes, and they, from time to time, they'll throw out the odd question. So we're gonna try this one here. One okay. useless fact that you know that you can share with us. Now, I'll give you an example. I was on, our, I was in the Vancouver Island offices over this past couple of days, and uh, I learned who is the number one consumer of kale. In the United States, just take a guess. Who who do you think would be the number one consumer of kale in the United States? What company would consume the most amount of kale in the United States? Largest kale purchaser. Oh. Would it be like a vitamin, like a multivitamin? Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut what? for all their buffets. See? So apparently, Pizza Hut is one of the largest kale. For the yeah, talk about like a useless <laughs> fact. So that's my example of a useless fact that I learned that <laughs> oh that gosh, uh, that Pizza Hut is one of the most <laughs> uses some of the most amount of kale in the United States at their buffets of all things. So Bronwyn, oh, what's wow. one useless fact that you know that you can share with us? Are there buffets 
still open? Is that a thing? I don't know. I you know what? I'm going to say, <laughs> and I'm I'm I don't I don't want this to sound bad. I'm not picking on Americans, but when you go down there, like I took the kids <laughs> down to uh, Great Wolf Lodge last year, and they had everything was deep fried, and there was like a 50 person lineup to get into the buffet. So I'm assuming. Oh, it must be good. It must have sushi and salad. It was pretty much just the Costco freezer aisle deep fried. <laughs> so they had a buffet that was packed. So I think it's more of an American thing than it is a Canadian thing now. But uh, but yeah, what's one useless fact that you know that you can share with us? Uh, okay, well this I, this would be very hard on I guess scripted or whatever. But I because I was doing some research on the labor market in in Edmonton and Calgary, this was something <laughs> interesting, kind of useless. But I found out that. Alberta has more engineers per capita than any other province. I didn't so, know that. Hmm. I didn't know that either. And I was like, that kind of makes sense though. Again, going back to the, uh, the oil and gas energy side of things, um, a lot of, a lot of skilled labor and skilled trades here. Wow. Wow. So Bronwyn, we, we know it's game day. We're going to get you out of here ASAP, but before we let you go here, can you tell all of our listeners how they can find out more about what you're doing over there at Amatic Commercial in Edmonton? Yeah, for sure. So again, my name is Bronwyn Scrivens. Um, I'm working as an industrial broker out here. If anyone has any questions on the Alberta industrial market, uh, they can find me on the internet, <laughs> industrialedmonton.com. That's usually the easiest place to find me. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram, same thing, Industrial Edmonton, Twitter, Bronwyn Scrivens, or LinkedIn, Bronwyn Scrivens. Um, I also Excellent. do YouTube and a blog. So like lots and lots of information out there. Yeah. Well, I'll more. say too, that yeah. we follow a lot of your stuff out there and you put out a lot of great content. That's very informative. And we've learned lots about the Alberta market from all the stuff you've put out there. So we thank you for that. Oh, that's great. All Good right. to hear. Well, thank you so much, Bronwyn, <laughs> for take your, taking your time today. We appreciate it. Go Golden Knights, go. And we'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> no longer talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again, Brian. We appreciate it. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Our interview today with Bronwyn Scrivens, industrial specialist, Omatic Commercial from Edmonton. Yeah. Learn lots again. I think I'm going to have to go to Alberta. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. And not that I want you to go to Alberta. I'm just saying, if you go, <laughs> that's great. Um, so yeah, so again, kind of we said at the top of the show there is, is you mean that's a market that's heading the right direction? There seems to feel like a halo effect to some degree mm -hmm. because over here, the pricing is just so erratic when it comes to industrial. And whenever you think it doesn't make sense, it seems to plateau and then continue to go up. But, you know, great, great marketplace. It seems like it's coming around. She does mention about Calgary, how it's a little bit more up and down roller coastery like but Alberta is definitely heading in a, a good trajectory. We picked Alberta, picked Calgary as one of our top markets for this year. The Western Investor picked it as the top market this year. So you're seeing a lot of good things happen on that side of the Rockies over there. Yeah, good conversation with Bronwyn. Um, but before we before we go, as I was getting caught up on my my VRAP episodes, okay, my VRAP episodes, I uh, caught a great episode with Trevor Street recently uh, from Partners Marketing there. Trevor, if you're listening, which he's probably not, he's selling every wood frame condo in the Valley. I want to know more about Tabiano. He talks about his place at Tabiano outside of Kamloops there. I, I would love to hear more about it because it's something that I've always thought about, but I'd love to talk to a local Tabianoan, Tabianoan, whatever you would call someone from Tabiano outside Kamloops. Love to hear about that. And also the great episode that Matt M just put out all about the Victoria market. I haven't listened yet. 
But oh, I'm going to do that. It's definitely worth it. And it's it talks all about the trajectory and the trends in the Harris Green District and all that mm. good stuff that we've been talking about so much. Yeah. But it's great to hear from a, a local specialist where they talk all about the transition of that market into what it is. It's a younger market, the pricing, the, the everything. Fabulous, fabulous episode uh, for those listeners who haven't gone back and listened to. I think it was this week or last week. Great episode that Matt and Adam put out there all about Victoria. I want to have to catch up. I've been on vacation. so Yeah, so tell, tell us. So we, where were you? I was in California. I just got back from California. Just got so back from California. It's a, it's a bit of a sleepy Friday morning. I got back at 11 p.m. last night. And you woke up got this morning, call. drove you here gotta from You got to go in. You got to go in. For the podcast. The podcast. You so go here in. I am. And, we're, and when you were in California, I'm assuming Disneyland, Four Seasons Hotel. No. No, 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 no. 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 We're more like Treehouse uh, VW van. Camping. VW in the, in the van, camper van. Yeah, yeah. Camping. Driving in a, in a down the coast. In yeah. trios. Okay. All about the nature. Less people, more nature is my vibe. Less people, more nature. Yeah. Stay in a treehouse. Yeah. Park the camper VW. Van. The camper van. Yeah. I have to say, though, it's really ironic. I turned to my left here and, and there's a picture of the exact same van that we rented. It's like a 1978 VW camper van. It's the same color and everything. I think that's Matt's car today. You know what? Matt told me he he had this vehicle. That's probably Matt. That's probably that picture's probably from his driveway. I think so. It's like a family picture that just happened to cap- capture the VW van. That I drive can see him in there with his puka shells around, around the city of Vancouver with his <laughs> his dark hair and his blonde puka tips. Shell. And yeah, his puka yeah. shells. Yeah. Just getting ready in time for summer there. All right, Corey. How can people get a hold of you? For those who are looking for commercial real estate, you can reach us at uh, Vancouver office anytime six zero four four two eight five two five five at our Vancouver office. Put you in touch with the best broker. We feel we get best service your assets throughout the province. You can drop me an email. Corey at williamwright.ca. Always love talking real estate. Always like hearing good things about the show, critiques about the show, episode ideas, guests ideas, or they can visit our website, williamwright.ca and sign up for the latest and greatest news, new listings, transactions, all the fun stuff comes with it. And for those who want to buy and sell condos, how can they get a hold of you? You can reach me at Melissa at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com or 778-869-4477. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with a great episode. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. Subscribe today.